familiar passage of Scripture to start each of the, the uh, next four weeks. And we're starting a brand new mini Christmas series called God With Us. And this passage of Scripture, familiar to all of us, I'm sure we, uh, obviously we read it every Christmas. You'll probably hear a message preached on it at some point this year, uh, this month. But I want to focus on this idea of God with us over the next four weeks. And so look at Matthew chapter number 1, look at verse number 21. The Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, uh, or shall be with child, excuse me, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And that, that name of Jesus that was foretold long before by the prophet Isaiah and then again reiterated to Joseph here by the angel that Jesus' name or one of his names would be Emmanuel, which means uh, God with us. And, uh, you know, we sing songs about Emmanuel. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's great words, great old song. Um, we've got other songs that we sing uh, about Emmanuel, but I want to think about that idea of God being with us over the next four weeks, and we're going to look at it from several different angles and different perspectives, how he is with us, why he is with us, uh, but for today, I just want to think about that idea of God with us for a few moments. You know, the, the cornerstone of Christianity, the cornerstone of the Christian faith is the incarnation of Christ. It is God coming to this earth in the form of man. Um, God made in the flesh to dwell among us as one of us, to die instead of us, to redeem all of us. That's the incarnation of Christ. God in the flesh come to dwell among us as one of us, to die for us, so that he might redeem all of us. Uh, the internet defines it this way. In Christian theology, the doctrine of the incarnation holds that Jesus, the pre-existent divine logos word, and the second hypostasis of the Trinity, God the Son and the Son of the Father, taking on human body and human nature, was made flesh, conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theotokos, God-bearer. The doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human. His two natures joined in hypostatic union. Just in case you were wondering what it meant. Uh, now, uh, also in case you're wondering, uh, I graduated from Bible college. I've been in the ministry here for 10 years. I've uh, been saved for over 20 years, and I don't understand what half of that meant, all right? So don't worry about it. Um, but when you think about the incarnation of Christ, I know this. The, 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 the theological definition aside... I do know this. When we talk about the incarnation of Christ, when we talk about Emmanuel, God with us, he came. And that's the one thing that you have to remember. He came. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, and the Word was made flesh. That's the incarnation. The Word, Jesus Christ, God, was made flesh. He became as one of us, so that he might die for us to redeem all of us. Um, Emmanuel, that, that, that name Emmanuel that, that Jesus 
was to be given. The angel foretold it or, or, or told Joseph about it. The prophet Isaiah had foretold it long before. Uh, but the name Emmanuel, the, that's, that's his name. It's not just a title uh, like we, we call him Lord. Uh, we call him King. Uh, we call him, uh, we, we talk about his attributes, the fact that he's sovereign, the fact that he uh, is providential, he has providence. But when we talk about the fact that Jesus is Emmanuel. That's not a title. That's not an attribute. That's his name. That is who he is. It is God with us. It's who he is. It's what he is. It's the embodiment of Christ, his nature. He is with us. Now think about this. We, and you're, again, you'll hear Emmanuel, you'll see it all over the place. Okay? You're not just going to see the word Emmanuel as you're in church. You'll read about it in scripture. You'll see it on social media countless times. You're going to see it even as you go out in the world. You're going to hear it as you listen to the radio and some pop star sings Emmanuel. When you hear that word, that name, Emmanuel, God with us, I want you to think about this. That God, that's the name of God. That he is with us. And to be with us is not something that God does when we check the boxes. To be with us is not something that God does when we fulfill our responsibilities. To be with us is not something that God does uh, when we look the part. To be with us is not something that God does when we make the mark. And thank God for that. To be with us is who God is and what he does because of who he is. It has nothing to do with us. God with us. Emmanuel. And so as we enter this Christmas season, boy, uh, and, and we need to remember this in the Christmas season every year because... If you are like me, you get wrapped up in the busyness, and especially uh, those of you here at the church, we are busy. It was busy last week. It's going to be busy this week, and so it can be very easy to just, oh, yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah, we know the verse. We know the song. Okay, next. But we need to stop and remember uh, that he is. He is God with us. And so in the busyness of the Christmas season, and then add to that 2020, Christmas 2020, we need to remember that God is with us. We need a reminder now more than ever that he is with us, a reminder uh, that he is here, a reminder that he is not leaving, and a reminder as we come off of our series on Esther, a reminder that even when it seems like he isn't, he is with us. And we have to remember that. So so I want to talk about God with us today for just a few minutes. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we thank you as we're able to come together in this place today to celebrate the name of Jesus, God with us. And God, as as we examine this truth that you would choose to make one of your names, one of the things that you would be known by, one of the things that would be your reputation, that you would be with us, that you would be with me. Father, I pray that that would get into our hearts, that that would get into uh, more than just head knowledge, but it would be something that we hold to. It would be something, uh, Lord, that, that encourages us and draws us closer to you in this time. 
Father, I pray that you would be glorified and honored by all that will take place uh, this week, certainly as we prepare for this huge program. We ask that you'd give strength to those that need it. We ask that you'd give wisdom and peace to those that are in, uh, in, in, in positions of leadership and responsibility. And God, we just pray that you would please be glorified. We ask that the gospel would be preached and hearts would be touched. Father, in this time today, we ask that you would let us know that you are with us and that you would please be glorified in all that we say and do. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, I want to give a couple of statements about this idea of God with us. So the first one, let me give this to you. Number one, God's plan has always been to be with us. God's plan has always been to be with us. This is not something that was new. This is not something that came about when people decided to start celebrating Christmas on December 25th. This is not something that uh, it, God decided to do even after Jesus came. God's plan has always been to be with us. See, here's the thing. When you think about God and you go all the way back in eternity past, before Genesis 1-1, before the creation of the world, before you and I were even thought of, before mankind itself was even thought of, God was existent and always has been. God is. And God had a perfect relationship with himself at that point. You know, before Genesis 1-1, there was eternity. There was God. In the beginning just starts for all of us. And before that point, before Genesis 1-1, before the eye of Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God existed, and he had a perfect relationship with himself as the Trinity, God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. Together, they were all they needed. But then God decided that he would enact his plan in his perfect timing, and creation happened. Genesis 1-1 happened, and God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and all that took place in those first five days of creation, and God created light, and God created dry ground, and God created water, and God created space, and he created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he created uh, plants, and he created uh, uh, things that fly in the air, and things that swim in the sea, and all creeping things, and he created animals at the beginning of the sixth day, and then on the sixth day, God said, that I decide to make a new creature in mankind. And in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Unlike any creature he had made to this point. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God creates man, a new creature, different, separate, apart from anything else that he had made, formed from the dust of the ground with his own hands, breathed life into from the very breath of God, not spoken into existence like everything else in creation had been. God created man special in his image, like him. Man was not created as a side note or a science experiment. God created man for a purpose and for a reason. And from the very beginning, God wanted to be with us. From the very beginning, God wanted to be with mankind. Uh, we know that the Bible talks about how God walked in the garden 
in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Uh, he created them to have a relationship with them. Unfortunately, man went looking beyond God. Man looked apart from God for satisfaction, for that closeness, for provision, and for a purpose that was only meant to pass from the creator to the creation. And God found out. So what did man do? Instead of wanting to be with God as we were created to be, man hid and tried to be away from God. Genesis 3, 7, and 10 says, And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called on Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So man, created to be with God, decides to look apart from God from what he needed, and because of that, he can no longer be with God. He can no longer fulfill the purpose that God had created him uh, to fulfill, and that was to be with God, to have a relationship with God. However, even though man left that relationship, even though man decided he no longer wanted to be with God, God would not settle for that. Because God wanted to be with us. Why? Because that's who he is. God with us. God still wanted to be with us. So he went looking for us. He went looking for Adam and Eve. He went looking for you and I. He found us and gave us a new way to be close to him through a promised Messiah that would come in the fullness of time. But in the fullness of time, in the meantime, he would give his people a picture he would show them what it would be. He would show them what he would do. He, God with us, would do in order to be with us. He would show them a picture through law and sacrifice. And people would give up their very best animal for a priest to sacrifice, knowing that the law could never bring them back to God, that it was impossible for the law to bring man to be with God, that man could never do his part to make that happen again, that it would have to be God with us. To bring us back with him. Leviticus 4.27 says, And if any of the common people sin through ignorance, while he doeth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which not ought to be done and be guilty, or if his sin which he has sinned come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering. Get of the goats, a female without blemish for a sin which he has sinned. He shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering and slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. The priest shall take the blood thereof with his finger and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. He shall take away all the fat thereof as the fat is taken away from off the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for him and it shall be forgiven him. The picture of what God with us would do to bring us back with us. We know that Hebrews says that it's not by the blood of goats and calves, that it's not uh, that blood, the animal sacrifice that would make the true atonement, but this was the picture of what God would do to bring us back with us, and God wanted to be with us. And so again, in the fullness of time, that's what Christmas, the story of Christmas is, in the fullness of time, God with us sent his only son Jesus, the ultimate and perfect sacrifice and priest, to literally be with us in physical form, the incarnation of Christ, to come and be with us, to die for us. And when Jesus came to earth to be with us, here he gave his life to fulfill what God had started for us. And Romans 8, 1 through 4 says, there is therefore... 
Now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, the incarnation, God with us, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. When God sent his only son to be with us and announced him to earth in those verses that we just read a few minutes ago in Matthew 1. Look back at them. Matthew 1, verse number 21 and 23. When God sent his only son to be with us and announced him to birth, he st- Joseph, and rem- by reminding all of us who read it, that he had come to be God with us. He had come to be God with us in that moment. He had come to restore us back to him so he could again be God with us as he had created us to be. He is God with us. The story of Christmas is about God with us. About God literally coming to earth to be with us, but coming to earth so that he could continue to be with us. So that mankind could be with him again. So that he could redeem us back to himself. Every song sung about Christ come to earth. Again, you hear these songs and we hear them every year. And we hear them by countless people singing them. We hear them in church. We hear little children's choirs singing them. Uh, you'll hear them this week at the Christmas program on Thursdays and Fridays. You turn on the radio. Uh, you listen to whatever music app that you have that you listen to music on. You will hear these songs constantly that talk about Jesus coming to earth. But as you listen to them, Would you please think about the fact that that is God with us? God with us, Emmanuel, and he is with us to be with us. He came to be with us on that morning in Bethlehem or in that night in Bethlehem in the manger to literally live among us so that he could go to a cross and restore us back to himself so that he could be with us. God with us. The story of God wanting to be with us, wanting us to be with him. So God's plan has always been to be with us since the beginning. Since the beginning, since before the creation of the world, God said, man will be with me. I will create man. He created us as that special, uh, that special creation to be with him. And when man left... God says, nope, that's still my plan. My plan is still to be with you. So I'm going to send Jesus to literally be with you so that I can be with you for all eternity. God's plan is to be, has always been to be with us. But here's another encouragement. Because we, 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 we hear that and that's awesome and that's something that we can think about for sure as we go through this Christmas season brings new meaning to what we read. It brings new meaning to the songs that we sing. It brings new meaning to just think about the fact that God is Emmanuel, God with us. But how can we be encouraged even more today? Number two, God's plan is to be with us always. God's plan has always been to be with us But God's plan is to be with us always. See, when God sent Jesus to this earth, when he was prophesied 
His name was Emmanuel. It was God with us. And so the very first thing God wanted to make sure people knew is that he had come to be with us. He himself, God, had come to be with us. But then the last thing that Jesus says while he's on earth to his followers is a promise, a reminder that God will always be with us. Matthew 28, 16 says, And 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The last words of Jesus on earth were to remind his followers that he would be with us always. Now, to the disciples, that probably was a little confusing because Jesus at that moment might have been leaving earth. And they were probably sitting there scratching their heads and thinking, hold on, I have a question, Jesus. How? But then we have to remember what Jesus had promised because he had prepared his disciples for this time. Before he ascended to heaven, before he left them physically, bodily here on this earth, Jesus prepared his disciples by saying, I am going to be leaving, still be with you. Because he's going to send someone to be with you. The advocate, the, 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 as the Greek word is, the parakletos. Someone who stands beside. Someone who stands with. Someone who counsels, who comforts. Uh, who is with us? The Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that what he may abide with you forever. God with us, always. The Holy Spirit. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, and shall be in you, and will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, says our new advocate, our new God with us, will be with us, but not just with us, he'll be in us. He'll be in us, God in us as we receive him. Jesus, think about this. Emmanuel is God's name. It is Jesus' name. And with that comes his reputation. With that comes what we believe about him. With that comes how we think about him. And so God, Jesus, stakes his entire reputation and name as God with us by sending the Holy Spirit. The entire history of the with us God, he puts it on the line. And he says, I'll be with you always because I'll send the Holy Spirit. I'm leaving this earth, but I'll be with you always. Jesus says, you've come to know God with you, me, but I'm talking about something greater. I'm talking about God in you. I'm talking about God with you always. The power, listen, need to live the life that God has created you to be, the, the, the power that you need to face, to, to find the purpose, to, to go forward in this life, everything that we have talked about, it is in you. It comes from God in you.
God says, everything that you need, I am with you, but not just with you, I am in you. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Ghost, excuse me, has come upon you. Ye shall receive power. The Holy Spirit, the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead, is not only with us, but in us, beside us. Our strength, our power, uh, he is our counselor and our comforter always. Think about this. Our prayers will never have to be sent to a distant God. God with us. He's with us. We're not necessarily, we're, we're, we're not trying to find him. We're not looking for him. We're not hoping he comes to us. No, God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's who I am. That's why I came. And so as we continue on through the Christmas season, you hear that word Emmanuel. You hear a song sung about Jesus come to earth. Would you remember that he's God with us? And that he came to be with us, to die on a cross to be with us for all eternity. And then even after he, Jesus, left this earth to go back to heaven, he still left God with us in the Holy Spirit. And so, as we'll look over the next couple of weeks, how God is with us, where God is with us, I want you to just remember that simple truth, the foundation that God is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us.